G'day everyone, Sean here, just introducing this episode. This is the worst of 2017 episode with Eric Tisher. Just a little uh, disclaimer for this episode. Uh, we've just been starting out using new podcasting equipment and um, in this episode, uh, my co-host Eric uh, accidentally turned off his microphone for a majority of the recording and I've tried my best. Luckily, uh, my microphone did pick up some of it, and I've tried to amplify amplify his voice as much as I possibly could in post, but there's still some, some of the things that I couldn't do. And also, there's a couple of times where he was scratching the microphone, and I was doing it as well, so I've tried to edit that out a little bit, but you can hear that, so sorry about that. I'll make sure that that doesn't happen again. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed my... Uh, two best of episodes uh they were a lot of fun to record and this one was too so this is the worst films of 2017 with eric tisher enjoy g'day everyone and welcome to another bloody movie podcast i am sean coates thank you so much for listening happy new year i fuck i said that last episode actually now well another happy new year hey, hey shut up shut up i haven't introduced you yet <laughs> this is a uh, classic interrupter eric tisher joining me on the show today Glad to be here as ever. Yep, we've just recorded our best uh, best films of the year uh, episodes, which we've split up into two parts because the recording went for about three hours. I'd prefer it to be just one long epic, but no one would listen to it no, otherwise. No, no one would listen to it. It would be unlistenable. I mean, it would be unlistenable anyway. I mean, we, we, we have to put timestamps there, but then they'll, they'll just find it very strange. Like, oh, they only talk about this, they talk about for, this film for three minutes. They talk about this film for half an hour. So that's just going to take a lot of effort for me to do. But now we're talking about the worst films of the year. And these, hoo-hoo, uh, these are bad, but these are fucking fun to talk about, just to <laughs> rip into these bloody pieces of dog shit. So, and Eric has just told me that he's only seen one film on my on my bottom ten list. This is going to be a lot like, uh, it would be the reverse of that time where I was talking about terrible films. Like the So Bad It's Good films, mm. uh, that episode a while back. It would be the reverse of that, where I'm reacting to what Sean's saying, mostly. Exactly. Besides the one film that I actually saw from the list. Yeah, well, and well, we'll get into that. But So let's start out. There are no honor- There's no dishonorable mentions here. So let's just get straight into number 10. And this is a film that I actually was really looking forward to. And this really? film, yeah. Because- For entertainment reasons? Yes, or- yes oh, okay. this film looked cool. This film looked like a... Look, I'm going to have to go into spoilers with this episode for this film, so spoiler warning. Who gives the film a shit? Is, They're terrible anyway. They, they don't watch this. Spoiler warning. This film is an Australian-US co-production. It's oh. a kind of Christmas horror comedy called Better Watch Out. Now, if you watch the trailers for this film, it will tell you that this is kind of like just a normal... Like, parents leave the house, babysitters taking care of this taking care of this young kid and his young, and his and his friend when uh, people start to come into the house and they fight back against them very it's like pretty much an R rated home alone that's what the trailers oh, right. that's what the trailers sell mm. what the real movie is is them the the ki- so the parents leave the the babysitters taking care of this kid the kid turns out to be a fucking psychopath but he plays a trick, pl- tries to scare the baby, tries to scare the babysitter using like make <sighs> edit point. He tries to scare the babysitter by having by like faking a, like someone breaking into the house. This sounds convoluted. That reminds me of but, amusement. But 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 okay. But then he knocks her out and pretty much ties her to a chair and tortures her 
tortures her and like makes her do all this bloody stuff and so it's a torture porny film kind of and it came out of nowhere and a lot of people are praising this film and i'm like why why this movie's awful it praising really is because they're big fans of torture porn well no they just said it was a really dark and gritty kind of fun horror film i'm like F- gritty and fun look this movie confused me on so many different levels. Look, First I, of all, I can talk about a film like that that would that actually worked. Have you ever heard of an Israeli film called Big Bad Wolves? I have, yeah. I've heard it's good. It is good. So that's like the the premises are sort of well, they're not similar, but uh, something narratively similar happens, where uh, the father of one of the murder victims, because um, because the antagonist of the film, or the a, there's a character in the film who, who, who is killing little girls. One of the fathers seeks revenge on the person that he thinks is a suspect. And he will basically ties him up to a chair and he, and he interrogates him and tortures him. He, he, just, he tries to torture a confession out of him before he kills him. But that film's very... Mm. Although the premise is very grim, mm. it's, it's played in, in a rather comedic way. I think Quentin Tarantino really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, he, well, here it's meant to be comedic, but it falls completely... Well, comple- in that film it is it also f- comedic, but it, it, it could balance the tones a lot it, better. It falls completely flat, and the kid does it because he's such a psychopath, but he also is in love with this chick. Like, he is obsessed what, with like the babysitter. What, like an sadist? What? Is he like some kind of weird sadist? Apparently, that likes to like, and, and he's meant to be like this fucking genius, evil mastermind. And like, she bloody sets up like, and she like sets up like calls all of her bloody her current boyfriend and her ex boyfriend to try and kill them off and too. Wh- it's so many things about this film confuse me. First what? of all, why do you have so many young, talented Australian actors that have proved that they're good actors? Why do you have them in this piece of shit movie with really, really terrible American actors? With really, really terrible American accents. Also, this film is shooting in Sydney. Why the fuck would you bring out Patrick Warburton and Virginia Madsen, two pretty solid actors, to be to do these nothing roles as their parents, where they literally walk out of the house at the beginning of the film <laughs> and walk back into the house at the end of the film? Uh, of what? Gotta get more names on that poster. Also, this. Why the fuck is this set at Christmas? This does not. This isn't a Christmas, Christmas movie. Exploitation. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and this is barely a Christmas movie. And also, this is, this is isn't this meant to be a horror comedy? Because it's not funny or scary. It's this just film take itself unpl- very seriously? Because it sort of reminds me of another terrible film that was released last year called The Book of Henry. I never saw Ooh, that. But I've I heard, heard it, was, it has a weird tone. It no, it just has a huge tonal mess. Like it, The film played itself completely seriously, even though it's so I didn't, goddamn absurd. I didn't see it, but I know that's like, why Colin Trevorrow got fired from episode 9 of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's the reason why not that a happened. surprise. What a moron! How do you fuck up so bad? Yeah, but yeah. So better watch out. It was meant to be a horror comedy that wasn't funny or scary or creepy, or, but it, it was just unpleasant, awkward, and really kind of gross, and not in the way that the filmmakers were inten- that intended it to be. And just just on that acting, Levi Miller, he is a decent enough Australian actor. He is a really good young up and comer, and he has proved himself that he he has proved that he can carry a film. Like he's been in quite a bit. Like he was he was decent in a terrible movie, Pan. He he was decent in that. He mm. was good in he was really carried Jasper Jones. He really carried Red Red Dog t- Two, whatever the fuck. 
So he's been the best part in some bad movies. Like he's got a bright future ahead of him. He's in the he's in the new Disney film, A Wrinkle in Time. He's got good charisma, it seems. Yeah. So he can he can this rise up a terrible film. But the kid is all. Here's the thing, the kid is also a fucking Eve Saint Laurent model. Is like a Ralph so Saint like, Laurent. He's a Ralph he's like Saint very, Laurent he's model. Pro- he he's he's a fucking actor slash young model. This role as this supposedly psychotic, maniacal, genius, bloody sociopath, it falls completely flat. You are not menacing or... You are not menacing in the slightest, you and your per- cute, and your you performance your performance comes off as comedic, uh, unintentionally comedic. That, that reminds you of that guy from The Purge. Yeah. Oh my that goodness. Villain. Of course. Of course. For sure. Oh for sure. This and this feels like Jason. Even if, even if that man was stabbing me to death, I'd be laughing my ass. Also, off. and uh, and also because Universal distributed this, I'm like, this looks like Jason Blum dog shit. <laughs> Jason Blum is not a producer on this. I, I think oh, Jason wow. Blum, even Jason Blum, did a pass on this script. <laughs> and like that dude will make anything. I mean, he he produced Get Out this year, but he also produced Happy Death Day. So, yeah, well, I guess I guess <laughs> which I did not see, but I heard was awful. Same here. It looked pretty awful. I mean, with this, I guess you should just take give this a miss, and maybe you should watch a better Christmas movie. Oh, for sure. Merry but, Christmas, uh, Mr. Lawrence. Also, but you have of but in this film you have another young Australian actor, Ed Oxenbold, who has also proved himself to be a really good young mm. actor. He and he's playing like the friend. I'm like, if you know what Ed Oxenbold looks like, he's kind of looks nerdy, glasses, long blonde hair. You would be more believable in the Levi Miller role, <laughs> easily. It, you should have changed it. Uh, fuck this movie. The movie actually does have quite a nice horror movie ending, but apart from that, it is just bad. And I don't understand why this movie got so many positive reviews. I just found it really insufferable. And yeah, don't watch it. Better watch out. More like better not watch. Oh, that's a good pun right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number nine. Moving on. This was a film that I saw at the Melbourne International Film Festival. Um, I've, I I always get excited with film festival films because I'm like, yeah, surely they're you, all going to be good. And then, oh, all wait. Really high caliber. Then there yeah, are then there are some that are just trash, mm-hmm. which is what, look, I, I appreciate what this film was going for. The film is The Little Hours. And why this film is on here is this film could have been good. Like, you have this kind of very absurdist, very wacky kind of uh, screwball sex comedy in a period setting with nuns. That could that's that could be funny. I mean, that could be very that could be funny. entertaining. And look at the cast that you've got. You've got Aubrey Plaza. You've got Alison Brie. You've got Dave Franco. Oh, you've got Kate Macucci. Isn't that based you've got on the Cameron. It's based on the Decameron. Oh, I heard about this. You've it got was John, bad. You've got John C. Riley. You've got fucking Fred Armisen. You've got Nick Offerman. You have an awesome cast. That that could have been really interesting. It could but have then, been. But then, like when I was looking at footage, like I don't know, it was super weird. Like the dialogue was very. Modern. It's awful. It was, it was unfitting. That's it was so unfitting. Here's like, the thing. Like, like it, the nun or Aubrey Plaza would turn around and she'd be like, fuck off, pervert. And I'm like, what? They didn't talk like that back then. Yeah, here's the thing. And that's what this movie considers comedy. That's what this movie considers comedy. What, and it's, that, that, it gets that, very old nuns and very like stale from today. Really, really quickly. Oh, that's terrible. That's just it's lazy. Awful. It, is, it is the laziest film The guy who made this, he I've said he studied seen. the camera. What a potato. Oh, <laughs> Why couldn't he make something better? Terrible. I and again, I saw this at the 
I saw this at the comedy theater. Oh, that's so I saw this a, a week after I saw my favorite film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. In look, the comedy theater, as I said in the last episode, it's an awful place to see a movie. The seats are really uncomfortable. It would be even worse to watch a horrible this, comedy. Film. And it was, and it was even worse from the fucking moronic Myth Festival or Myth audience laughing their asses off at every single dumb fucking joke. It was infuriating. You're not wrong. Some of them do seem like that. Oh, my goodness. I hated it. And I'm, and sm- I'm smart because I watch festival films. Oh, <laughs> watch, watch little hours and it's basically Yikes. just, a, just a, a very... Look, like this, like something like Little Hours you'd expect from some film students. Just oh, make it I like know. A, like just a, a simple film that they're doing for fun. No, not even film student. Like a year 12, me- like year 11 media class. Yeah, actually this you're is right. Something. This is year 11 media class. Film students can do better than that nonsense. Oh, for sure. They, they're not, they won't be that lazy and just say, oh, the gimmick is they talk like we do. Like now. Oh, it's, it set gets... the, it's set in the, the, the 16th, 15th century. Look, <laughs> there is... Look, a comedy. The main thing of a comedy is to have jokes mm. and funny jokes, which this film does severely lacks. It's really just Aubrey Plaza yelling at people <laughs> and just people talking and 15th century Italian nuns talking like it's modern day fucking LA. It's oh really infuriating. I got one legitimate laugh out of this entire movie and it's the dumbest fucking joke in the entire film. Do you laugh it, at it because you didn't you didn't think it was funny? You just laugh at it because you're like how can they put such a stupid joke in here? Well, kind of both. Because what they do, they've got there's these really dumb guards and they need to free someone from prison. They grab a tortoise and the guards get distracted by this tortoise and they start following the tortoise. And What? Yeah, I know. It's just... But the way... It's the only funny thing in the entire movie and it's the dumbest fucking thing. It sounds like Three Stooges humor Oh, something. it is. It really is. This movie wants to be a really slapstick, co- like a slapstick kind of screwball comedy and it just fails. Oh, Christ. It fails so badly. And also, as I said, that great cast, all wasted. They're mm. trying their best but it just, it falls completely flat. As, as I said, like, I, I, I heard about this film earlier and I thought, oh, wow, this could be an interesting project. Except I saw some footage from the trailer and I just, I heard that dialogue. And I'm like, holy crap. I don't, I, I don't, I mean, this, this direction seems very strange. Yeah, it's okay. Nobody saw it. No one ever should. The Little Hours was bloody terrible. And so was that voice break. <laughs> and so was, <laughs> all right, edit point. Number eight. Now, look, I don't know, you've, as a bloody fine connoisseur of uh, some great art house fine and independent schlock. films, this oh, of and fine schlock as well. So you like fine wine and goon bags. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good this uh, this is uh, and this is what I would describe this franchise. This franchise is cinematic goon. It really is. <laughs> it really is. Cinematic goon. It really is. Look, I'm not a fan of the Fast and Furious films. It's a, it's a more stale bag of goon and a more le- and a higher level of inebriation. That I mean, I mean, this movie might be amazing if you're fucking drunk. I reckon, but look, I don't drink, so I would never know. But look, if if you have to take sub, if you have to have some sort of substance abuse to make your film enjoyable, then guess what? You fucking fail as an artist. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, the fate of the furious. I mean, look, I, I'm not a sorry. Seriously, if you if you have to take a substance to enjoy your film, that's just cheating. <laughs> <laughs> that's just 
I just like if you're if you're if you're high off your head on any substance, anything could be good. Like watching a tortoise cross a road. Yeah, or literally, any, or just fucking listen to any shit on Triple J. Like I think <laughs> fucking only potheads and things listen to that. It's like, oh, you go to music festival. No, you go to a music festival. Over on this stage, it's no one cares. Play- and over on that stage, it's who gives a shit. And on and the main headlining act is it doesn't matter if we're good or not. You're all on fucking drugs anyway. <laughs> but anyway, back to the cinematic goon and the bogan catnip that is uh, the fate of the furious. Look, I'm not a fan of this franchise, but I really have kind of... I, re- I enjoyed... enjoyed some. I enjoyed Seven. I think Seven is actually... And especially... It's supposed to be rather fun. Seven was kind of fun, yeah. And, but with this, and it also would have been the perfect way to end the film, the franchise. Because you're, you're saying goodbye to Paul Walker, which, by the way, how they helped handle that was really, they handled that really, really well. But this movie, I never thought I would ever say it in a film ever, but I was asking for Paul Walker in this movie. Oh my God. His pres, his lack of presence. Well, um, he, <laughs> Fuck! Oh. <laughs> His lack of presence on account of being dead. A week. They they just dig. <laughs> the Fast and Furious week. The Fast and Furious weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Fast Furious Weekend at Paul's. Weekend at Paul's. Apologies to the family of Paul Walker. I just imagine, like, instead of him driving, like, sports cars, I'd be driving, like, hearses. Oh, that's, that just reminds me. One of the... Fa- there's a curse on a podcast I listen to. We hate movies. They did an, ep- they did an episode of the awful 90s movie, She's All That. And they were talking about... that. They were t- because Paul Walker's in that movie as well. And then they were saying, it's alright, Paul Walker's in those Fast and Furious movies. Don't worry. Pa- Paul Walker's a terrible actor, but don't worry about him. They were just like, throughout the entire episode, they're like, do not worry about Paul Walker. That was two weeks before he died. <laughs> so now, anytime they, they try to stop saying, do not worry about this person. Yeah, because they think that's a But yeah, ba- Fast of the Furious, like, F- Fate of the Furious, I should say. This movie... I really hate the defense that people have for these films in that they are just so self... Oh, it's so self-aware and they know how ridiculous they are. Fucking bull... I call bullshit on this. This is the most overdramatic fucking bullshit I've ever seen. It didn't matter if it thought it was self-aware because there are many films that do that. Yeah, I know. Whether or not that it does something with that self-awareness. It's so... Like, some people are just so stupid. It's like, oh... Oh, don't worry, this film's self-aware. It's like they're, they're getting too crazy with their postmodernist sensibility. If it's, if, if it's making fun of itself, it's alright, no matter how... It's not. It's really not. They really, they really aren't in on the joke. Like, how the hell... Like, there is no tension in any of these films. And, like, there's... Because, like, from... At this point, you should know that these characters are immortal. And they're immortal gods yeah, at this point. Like, there, there is a scene... There is a scene in this film. Spoiler: Who gives a fuck? Every all these morons have seen this fucking movie because it made over a billion dollars, and apparently this is our generation Star Wars, which is what I saw in an article, which made me want to fucking throw up. Yeah, they, they, they might not be wrong with that. But honestly, this is there is a part in this movie where all of the characters are in close proximity of a fucking nuclear blast. 
and they don't cop as much as a fucking sunburn. It is insane. Was it like a in, in Chris, this Chris, King of the Crystal Skull where um? Oh yeah, yeah. Tom's in the fridge. Oh my. <laughs> Microwaved in the fridge. Oh, just gets fucking liquefied in the fridge. Get liquefied, like the fridge open up, and all you see is all disgusting goop, and then you see his hat. I'm like, this, 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 um, franchise's complete disregard for physics and logic is really impressive. But it's, it's a film that, but it still takes itself way too seriously, and it's so aggressively stupid. And also, God, these, oh fucking hell, and shut. And also, Charlize Theron as the villain. Oh my god. Looking like the re- the, re- the aborted triplet of the fucking Matrix twins. Her name, her name is even Cypher. I am not kidding. And she's, she is just, oh. Look, she probably got... Th- they threw her on because she was successful in Mad Max. Exactly. And she plays, and also, this movie... The CGI as well is so awful. There is a scene where there are a bunch of cars, like apparently, and th- this movie has the most unbelievable computer hacking I've ever seen. <laughs> there is a scene where there's a scene where Charlize Theron, because they're in a, an entire, because apparently this is so far in the future, we've reached the point where all where we have like all of these cars that can be bloody controlled by satellites or some shit. There is an entire scene where I think they're in New, they're in like New York or Chicago. Charlie's Theron hacks nearly every single fucking car in close proximity in, like, apparently this car park is just full of, like, self-driving cars, and they all, she controls them and all drives, and they all drive out onto the road, and it starts literally raining cars. (laughs) It is, it's awful. I, and also... Also, this movie, it is trying to make up for the lack of Paul Walker in this movie. And a downgrade, if there ever was one, he's replaced by fucking Scott Eastwood. Yeah, yeah, the fucking... Eastwood. The fucking... Oh, my God. I see Scott Eastwood remake of Sergio Leone Weston. Oh, my God. Like, he's... Where he playing the man with no name? He is just... Oh, my God. He's just like... He's, I remember he. Someone described it on We Hate Movies that same podcast. They described him so perfectly. Scott Eastwood is just his father's Madame Tussauds statue, pretty much. It really is. He has no charisma. He has no presence on screen. You probably even fucking forgot that he was in Suicide Squad. He's fucking he in yes, Squad? yes, he was, but he has no presence, so you can't even remember. Which one was he? He was like one of the fucking military dudes. Oh I my never God. knew he was in films. Oh, his... I, knew, I knew that he was in films, but I thought he was in like, films oh, like... Fuck. Oh, I can't remember, but like a bunch of films that are set in like the American, like in rural America, where they're all like listening to country music where mm. we had some shit. I thought he really did films like that. Oh yeah, but yeah, I couldn't believe that uh, you could downgrade from Paul Walker. Jeez, <laughs> but they managed to do it. And God, this movie is I mean, awful. What you should do is not watch Fate of the Furious and instead watch uh, Blood Rain because that has some, uh, mm. what's her name. I don't know, but I will say there is actually the reason why it's not higher on this list is because there is actually The Rock and Jason Statham are actually pretty good in this movie together. They their back and forth is really good, and they have they have a really cool action scene. Even though it's a complete rip off of fucking Face Off, because you've got the kid wearing headphones playing 
bloody Alvin oh, and the Chipmunks while this huge fight scene is playing. It's... Uh, yeah. I mean, just don't watch this. I mean, as I said, you probably already have because you're fucking, you know, cat... You're all idiots. That's being edited out. I love I love you guys, if you listen to this, even if you have horrible taste in film. If you have horrible taste in film, that has something to do with And also... Also, and this this feeds in very well, like, but because you know, D- Universal they kept it going. Like they should have ended it with seven, but because they are so desperate for a goddamn franchise at this point, because they want to compete with all the other big studios, they they're so desperate to cling on to this franchise. And then this leads very well into my next film. They also want to start another terrible franchise that just fucking crashed and burned completely, and that was Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Oh, did you see this? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen it. You are literally not missing out on anything. Look. Is it, is it just boring? It is boring. It is the most cliche action-adventure film that you will ever see. Yeah, he does. But look, and Tom Cruise, I mean, the dude's a fucking nutcase, okay? And the dude is... The dude, the dude is really, really st- ridiculously, stupidly committed to all the stuff that he does on screen. Something as rubbish as this. Even though... You know, what's so hilarious is that... Him doing his own stunt cost him. Uh, uh, it's so much. So much money cost. They had to do. They had to extend the shoot. Yeah, something that would have co- taken a few hours co- went for like a couple of days. days. Literally took weeks. Like, mm. like, like, because he wanted to do his own stunt, it yep. took weeks to the, to the shooting time. I will say that sequence is pretty impressive, but God, it's it's so just like just this is. This movie is just a fantastic... Considering that, like, the CG looks like rubbish. Oh, the CG looks like crap. This movie is just a fantastic waste of resources. Like, honestly, like, if, you, if you'd taken the money that would have it would have cost to make this film, like, the US could probably have fucking healthcare now. Like, could, could probably have free healthcare if this movie wasn't fucking made. so much money on the military. Oh, God. Anyway, yeah, The Mummy, it's just... The more I think about it, the the less sense it makes, and the more that it just like because I didn't hate it initially. Walking out, I'm like it was bad, but like it's not as bad as everyone's making it out to be. And then as soon as you start thinking about it, like that doesn't make sense. Those ca- that characters that character's motivation makes no sense. Why the fuck is Russell Crowe in this movie? You expect it to be very good anyway. But oh no! Disappointed the fact that they would even uh, that like uh, who was the studio that made this film? Universal. I mean, I, I, I understand what they're trying to do. And some of the other films that they had looked good in this new dark universe. Like, there was going to be a Frankenstein movie where Javier Bardem was Frankenstein. That would have been awesome. I mean, and, and then you, you, take, you win some, you lose some. Then you also get one where Johnny Depp plays the Invisible Man. So, But luckily, all of that was subsequently cancelled because this film tanked big time. And look, I, I'm not surprised because when you get the writer from uh, fucking Transformers Revenge of the Fallen to do to write and direct this film yeah it's not gonna go well it really isn't uh, not if, unless he has a Michael Bay working on the fourth mm. it might, it might work out and also man, this film just does every it felt so hilarious with um, the fourth um, Transformers film well how can a bad film make 300 million dollars oh, because a bunch of idiots watch it yep so clear mm-hmm. or he just pander to overseas audiences like that movie did, but yeah, this. Like that um, what was that that hilarious case? Uh, Need for Speed, that film, how it made all its money in China. Oh, that's right, that's right. Hilarious. I know. 
Uh, maybe because I, I reckon what happened there, they literally just stuck a Fast and Furious poster on that film and just tricked everyone into like, seeing that. I thought it may have been because, like, maybe for the game, the game series, that's where it sells most of its copies. Of True, maybe. Something weird like that. Maybe. But yeah, The Mummy is a piece of shit, and it just is everything wrong with Hollywood, with this whole everything has to be a cinematic universe mindset, is just yeah. terrible. Just focus on making a good movie that you're working on now, and don't don't tease us, don't give us trailers or like Easter eggs, like fine, have a Dracula skull in there if you really want to, have the arm from the creature from the Black Lagoon, that's fine, but don't set up don't bloody tease yeah. all your yeah don't set up and promises that they can't deliver yeah it just kind of it just kind of shows that you it kind of shows that you have no artistic integrity whatsoever and that you're just doing this for the money so yep don't watch the mummy it's long it's boring it's cliche as hell and it's not a movie it's just a trailer for a movie that we don't even, that we're never going to get so just watch it's pointless yeah. <laughs> Watch the fucking Brendan Fraser mummy movies. They're so much better. We'll watch those. Oh my goodness. All right, number six. And now this is a film that surprisingly a lot of people really liked. Yeah, I think I don't understand why this film is bad. Like, really, really bad. And that is, look, we all know life sucks. I mean, life is shitty. So Sony. Sony wanted to take that a step further by making a film called Life, which, by the way, worst, (laughs) worst, most vague title of the year by far. I mean, it's about life being terrible. Oh my god! Oh, it's bad. I mean, this film—a big reason why this is up here. Like, I mean, a lot of the zero G. The zero G and there's there's some really good zero G effects and there's a couple of nice uh, long takes using the zero G that was pretty cool, but apart from that, there is literally nothing original about this movie at all. This movie is just such a shameless, unapologetic like alien ripoff. It's like I put on a glove to interact with the alien. It's like really stupid. It's like why are you doing that, mate? You don't know what mm. you're doing there. But he gets infected or something. Yep. And this film, again, wastes a really, really good cast. I mean, Jake Jake Gyllenhaal, Rebecca Ferguson, Ryan Reynolds, they've got fuck all to do in this movie. They are given literally no character. They try to develop the character, like, they try to develop, give them some sort of character with, like, fucking 20 minutes left in the movie. And I'm, like, too fucking late for this, man. Too late. Ugh. I want you all, I want you all to fucking die now. I don't give a shit. But yeah, this film—it's just. Yeah, you gain sympathy for the characters. Oh, and, and twenty for twenty minutes left—that's that's actually hilarious. And this script is that's like awful. Stuck through the film long enough to actually know. And here's why I was. I would have just got out after. Here's why I was kind of looking forward to this movie. This was from the writers of Deadpool, so I was like, this could have been in. No, not Joe. I wanted to see what they could do with it. I'm like, I want to see if well, sci-fi they can't do. They just can't do science fiction. They just can't. The characters make the fucking dumbest choices. The design for the alien is looks fucking dumb. Like, they say that this... It's like a giant amoeba thing, but then they say, like, oh, every cell in its body is both a muscle cell and... Uh, it's like, it is both a nerve and a muscle cell, but this thing somehow develops a face? Okay. Is, it, is that just to make the audience more scared of this creature? 
Uh, what, what kind of cell is that? It evolves. It evolves throughout the whole movie. It goes from a little. It goes from a spore to like amoeba to like this weird fucking uh, Spanish dancing fish. Yeah, and then. I don't know if you've seen it. It, it looks like those. You've seen those fish. They're like the little carpet. Like they're like little carpety things that like swim through the sea. It's like, it looks like one of those for a majority of the movie. And then towards the ending, to like make it scarier, it, it develops a fucking face. Is that a face. Yeah, it looks. It's a fucking skull face almost. I'm like, you idiot. Watch Adam Johnson's review of it. Is so fucking funny. Watch it after this. It's oh, unbelievable. And also, this film has the dumbest twist ending I have ever seen in an entire film. Make it way, it's way on earth or something stupid like that. Like the, the, Here we go. Like the, like the escape pod lands and like they find the two people that were in the pod dead but then there's something there's, there's something like there's a little bit of it on something. You are so close. The, what really what really happens is that th- so at the end uh it's, so it's Jake Gyllenhaal and Rebecca Ferguson are the only two left. Jake Gyllenhaal's like he, his character is that he's been he's about to break the record for like most consecutive days been in, in space or on the space station, and he's like, well, I've got really no point going back to Earth. We'll lure it into we'll, there's two escape pods left. I'll lure it into my escape pod and blast myself out into deep space while you get in the other escape pod and get back down to Earth. So that happens, and through. Something through somehow that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. The pod lands on Earth. You see one pod fly into deep space. A bunch of fishermen find the pod. They go over to it. They 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 cheat. They see the window. It's Jake Gyllenhaal's pod with the alien. It's like don't open it. Don't open it. And then it cuts to Rebecca Ferguson. Her pod is fucking spiraling out of control into deep space. What? Cut the credits. How the hell could they? I don't know. I honestly don't know. No, but what's so dumb is that. If those were real scientists, yeah, they would have just died up in there. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. They would have had enough sense, to like, because look, could this entity split? I bet it can split. I don't think I can't remember if it did. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've tried to just shove this movie right out of my memory. You said something about it's a weird complex cells. I mean, mm. it seems too dangerous to send someone back to Earth. They should just be like, we should just send this. Like, we should send a message that's saying that this, this, uh. Space station. Um, they've been attacked by this strange alien entity, and that someone should blow it out of the fucking sky. <laughs> and none of them should try and get back to Earth. That's very selfish. Oh, I know. Because they could risk. They could risk the case of like, oh, there's a bit of the alien on the person, and they and they they they, they end up landing back on Earth, and they end up spreading it everywhere, and a big fucking entity just consumes all Earth. <laughs> It's so bad. Don't watch it. That sort of reminds me of some funny foreshadowing from a film called The Creature Wasn't Nice. My, a friend and I were watching this film. I've never heard of this. Oh, it's just it's, it's, it's just some rubbish B film from the 80s that has Leslie Nielsen in it. Oh. Is it meant to be like a parody? Because Leslie Nielsen's been in a lot of those kind of movies. It is sort of. Well, like the... the, the Entity in the film is like a blob creature. Oh, okay. Um, so that's why it kind of reminds you of this. It, it, it is. It's. It doesn't take itself too seriously though. But it's pretty. Oh, man, it's pretty boring and pretty nonsense and trashy. Oh, okay. Um, but there's, there's this funny thing where two characters actually get. They get a bit of the 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 alien on them, and they just like you know they just shake it off. We th- we thought oh those two people are fucked, but those are the two people that survive. <laughs> 
It's like, what? And that's just the weird thing. That oh. That's kind of funny. It's like right. Okay, so don't watch Life and don't watch any... Please, God, don't watch any of these fucking movies. But watch The Creature wasn't very nice. Sure, watch that one. All right, number five. This fucking franchise, I want it to fucking die. And even though this film's called The Last Chapter, I don't think it's over because the movie literally ends with a here-we-go-again moment, and it's awful. And this is, of course, the final chapter to the Resident Evil films. And my God, is this one of the most cancerous franchises of all time. It's... So entertaining. Oh my god. <laughs> Look, I, I, but even though I don't see how anyone can watch these movies at all because these, the median shot length in this film is, I swear, it's no, it's less than a second. I swear it's less than a second. There is, there is a moment, there is, there is a scene in this film where it is seven seconds of footage and there are 20 cuts. I am not kidding. This is someone like, is there, a, is there a purpose to this? Or no. No. No, they're shooting. What they're doing, they're shooting. They're making it so choppy to shoot around really shit stunt fighting. That's what they're doing. That's what these movies do. Yeah, no, you're not. It is one of the worst shot, worst choreographed. It is so. It's such an eyesore, and it is migraine-inducing. It is. It is almost unwatchable. My mic was off. But anyway, with Resident Evil, the final chapter. Fucking movie. It is unwatchable. But I'm surprised that this... I, I didn't hate this as much as the other four films I'm going to get to next. But it's it's bad. It's really bad. The film makes no fucking sense. I mean, it looks bad. The series is bad. All the other films are bad. But you don't even think it has any entertainment value. You no. just think it's too painful No, to not at all. Not at all. And this movie even goes out of its way to... Th- there is a twist in this film that would even piss off the people who even like this fucking franchise and is a giant fuck you to anyone who would have actually enjoyed it. Okay. Involve, involving the major character. What happened? She's a clone. This this character, this character that you followed for six fucking movies now, yeah, she's just a clone. But didn't they have clones in one of the other films? No, no, she's she's a clone of like the this the you know how there's the Red Queen or whatever, like the AI for like I can't remember this franchise. Yeah, who all, cares? I, I remember she's she's not a person. She's just a clone, and it's fucking awful. And don't ever watch this movie or this series. They they all suck, and this is fucking cancer. But if you enjoy these movies, that's fine. Like per- personally, I enjoy the Underworld movies much more than these. The Underworld movies are actually uh, are they my look guilty better play. made. They are so much. They they are so much better made. That that's not a sentence, but. <laughs> But there are so many fucking similarities between the Resident Evil franchise and the Underworld franchise. It's really not funny. Yeah, I down, know. Down to the fact they're made by the exact same studio. They have roughly the same amount of films. They both involve things of horror. They, mm. the, the fucking star of the film was it's married to the director at some point. Yeah. And they're both moderately successful enough that they keep on making fucking movies. It's quite strange, really. It's really strange. All right, let's move on because we're on a bit of a schedule here, but and I really don't want to talk. I want to talk about these movies as little as I possibly can oh, right. because I am getting almost PTSD and I want to fucking break something. And I'm in Eric's house, so I really don't want to do that today. He's not allowed to break anything in my house. <laughs> yep. So now number four, I for some fucking reason I always go into one of these movies thinking that they might be somewhat watchable and that Michael Bay will actually make a fun action movie at some point again. But I thought the fourth one was kind of watchable just because of how it was. But it went for so long. It went on forever. 
instead of it being two and a half hours, it should have just been like and 80 look, minutes. I was hoping that this movie would be different, but it's just the same shit over and over again. It's just louder. It's just dumber. It's just more incomprehensible action sequences. And add weird historical references. Weird like historical references. This one's now... Oh, Knights of the Round Table. The, there's, <laughs> the humour is so much more awkward. There's less product placement, which is nice, but it's just still the exact same Transformers The Last Night. I find it hilarious how these films just completely negate their own bloody world building every no, single yeah, film. They do. It's, it's just like, it's like the, every film is they came in the early 1900s. Now they've been here since the beginning of time. No, now they came here on the moon. No, they've been here since the dinosaurs. Oh, no, no. It was all about King Arthur now. It was all about King Arthur. God. They, they literally change the mythology every single goddamn movie. And it's hilarious. It's like each, each, each film is sort of its own weird standalone reboot film. Kind of weird. Uh, and I'm just like, because I did not, so I skipped this in the cinemas. Thank God, this was actually a free Blu-ray rental. And <laughs> unbelievable. What, what did your friends want to torture you? It's like, oh, here, just watch the last night. No, no, no. I had a, I, I want, I, I was like, this will probably be on my worst movies list. So I rented it. I went out of my own way to a fucking Hoyt's kiosk to, and it spat out a Blu-ray copy of Transformers: The Last Night for me. And I watched it, and I was like, what the hell is this? Like, this is just the same shit all over again. As what... Look, this movie didn't put any effort in, so I'm not going to put any effort in in bloody talking about this. I this film's shit. I mean, this film's shit. I mean, it's the fifth film in a terrible franchise. You should expect it to be terrible. And we don't have to be like all those other people who just be deconstructing this clearly mm. terrible film. Also, would make the same mistakes over and over. Also, how dare you drag Anthony Hopkins into this franchise? How dare you? I wish I he mean, was... And there is if one. They, if they did drag him in, I wish he was a transformer. There is one person. shot in this film that is so hilarious. It's like a scene where these two people find like transformers remains in a desert, and then it cuts to Anthony Hopkins, who is so clearly on a green screen with a desert background. It is so fucking funny. I lost it. Like the room. <laughs> yeah, but it was like. I understand. Anthony Hopkins doesn't give a fuck. That that dude doesn't. That dude's not going out for, to the desert for fucking Michael Bay. Mm. There is no way. So yeah, I'm not going to talk about this film any lo- longer because it just sucks. It's bad. It. I should know better by now. But I got duped again into watching this piece of shit. Hopefully, I think Michael Bay said this is the last one. We can only be so lucky. And oh, fuck, I just remember. I this film fucking broke me. This film was a really good Saturday morning cartoon. No, it wasn't. No, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok was a really good Saturday morning cartoon put to film. This Actually, was unwatchable. That, that's correct. Uh, Ragnarok is a better Saturday morning cartoon. This is like a really weird parody of a Saturday morning cartoon that was no, like, th- looked like a very ugly film. Oh my god, this it's Justice League. Look, I, I've ranted about the DCEU too much now that I'm getting really fucking sick of it. And look, DC. And all DC fans, stop fucking accepting mediocre to unwatchable content. And, you know, and all these people wanting that, a fucking saved, Snyder Cut. That saved you our heroes petition. That's, that's so oh my god. So if anyone doesn't know about this, some oh. moronic DC fan was upset that Justice League was... They happen. said they said go see Justice League six or more times because this movie is tanking at the box office. We need this masterpiece of filmmaking to be profitable. Oh, it was like it was like the 
way the guy made it was like propaganda. It was just like, oh, our heroes were there for us. Now let's be there for them. They're fucking what? fictional characters, you <laughs> idiots. They have done literally nothing for you. They have literally just made you a dumber person. Yes, probably. they literally have. And look, I have thought about this a lot. And look, as much as I despise Batman versus Superman. Mm, I mean, you're wearing least, a Superman cap least, right now. Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> at least that film... That that's a clear director's vision mm. and actually has somewhat. You're right. Of, At least it has its own personality. It has a kind of personality. This is just a soulless, a joyless, and maddening mm. movie. That it is worse than Batman v Superman. I think this is by far and away worse than Batman v Superman. Actually, you know what? I could agree with you there. It is Batman v Superman. And is look, more entertaining. And this actually looks. Even though the visuals of Zack Snyder are disgusting to look at. They really are. Even worse. They really it's are. Even more, it's more inconsistent and, and it's just, it's more CGI weirdness. And like the problem with Snyder is that his color correction is just, it, but with this is just, like there are other factors that are way worse. And also, there are more than two people that you can get to make, uh, that can to direct a, a superhero film. You don't have to get either fucking Zack Snyder or Joss Whedon to mm. come in and buddy finish your film. I mean, it was this film is one of the most fucking transparent films I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Like you can quite clearly show what was see what was Snyder and what was Whedon. But not just that; it's just that the stuff that was Snyder has kind of been warped, so it seems to be more Whedon. Oh, but then, no. like, it's just it's so weird because like you're like, you know what? This 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 footage that they're showing here, it's so out of it's so it just. It doesn't connect with the images that we've seen before, but just because... Of course not. I mean, I, I've, I've heard people thought that... What was it? What was that moment uh, where Superman is resurrected? Yeah. Because it should have got salt boilers. First of all, but best, best Super- part of the movie when because... Superman was res- resurrected, like, the background looks so weird. Like, what the hell was up with the sky? What Spe- are they doing Speaking of Superman... It's like, and it's like oh, the film, because if it were a Snyder's film, a lot of the... <laughs> knowing just Snyder and his tropes, a lot of the film would have been set at night. But, like, it seems like Whedon was just like, oh, it's ugly setting your film at night. Let's just make let's just make it sunset all the time. <laughs> they just put it's sunset bad. backdrops everywhere. Spe- speaking of things that look weird in Superman, yeah, I know. the Cavill's- fucking mustache gate. Yeah. Oh my god, that is terrifying and His hilarious. Lip is pretty at the same hilarious. Time. It was, I mean, good on you, Paramount. It, it was like for, watch. It was like watching <laughs> the Polar Express. Fucking good on you, Paramount, for forcing Warner Brothers to do that because that was fucking hilarious. But this film, that it, was hilarious. It's almost like Cavill's just like, oh, I don't want to be making these shit if, films. Look, if it weren't for the reclining seats in the cinema that I saw this in, I would have walked out. This I hated every single second of this film. Not only does it just completely fucking botch up characters, like like first of all, the Flash is awful. Mm. I'm just gonna say he's not funny. I don't all of like his jokes I fall annoying. completely flat. I, 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 there's there's literally more jokes about brunch than there is character development in this film. He, I'm not even why, joking. Why is he so? Why is he? And why, and my like that in the he, series? here's the thing. Uh, apparently not. But here's the thing. Apparently my friend was like. Well, there was a comic where um, he, the Flash did make fun of brunch. I'm like, oh, it gives a shit. <laughs> there is such there is such a thing as bad comic books, people. 
Not everything is... Well, not just that, but that's just such a lame reference. Who I cares? I mean, who ca- no one gives a shit about that. That's just such, that's such a... Like, it's not even a smart reference that was integrated into the narrative or anything. No, it, was, it, it wasn't. It was just thrown in there just because... It was thrown it's in. Like, it's, it's, remember this? it's the fucking failed levity of Zack Snyder. Mm. Or, or a patch job from Joss Whedon, who just really didn't... Look, probably didn't give a shit. You know, he probably didn't care. He was Ugh. probably really rough and quick, and but then also, he's like, thanks for the money. And this movie also did something... It, it, it ruined the only DC film that I was looking forward to, Aquaman. Because Aquaman mm. in this movie is awful. I mean, I can't remember D- seeing Momoa in anything good, really. I mean, but oh, this character is such an asshole. He's he just is, he's just a surfer. He's surfer he's man. A, he's a California surfer dude. That just he's goes, a surfer yeah, dude. Yeah, bro, yeah. <laughs> My man. It's awful. It's so terrible. That's a very good interpretation. It's so bad. And oh, Cyborg actually, just does nothing. It was hilarious when I was watching this with, with a friend of mine who likes DC. I mean, I think Liam, I know you yeah. hate listening to this right now. <laughs> yes, the, uh, my good friend, Mr. Cowan. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think he was grinding his teeth when he heard um, <laughs> Cyborg say, Booyah! <laughs> like in the cartoons. <laughs> he was like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, actually, actually, we had a bit of fun with it. I'm not going to lie. Um, but. but, but <laughs> We were just making fun of it most of the time, really. Uh, I mean, and also this film, I mean, it just, I mean, misogyny in a Zack Snyder movie is just fucking commonplace now. But the amount of low angle shots of Gal Gadot's cleavage and her buddy rear end is disgusting. It is ridiculous (laughs) how many times it is. And if you, if you go, if you... Compare the shots from Wonder Woman to the shots in Justice League. They are completely different. I'm, I'm and also notice... That, I seen Wonder Woman. Also notice how... um Well, just with Wonder Woman as well, another thing that compares with... um The outfits of all the Amazons are yeah, a lot skimpier. Yeah. And there is almost a full-on upskirt scene of Wonder Woman. It's at like okay. a low. It's at a low. Do you remember the low? It's at a low angle shot, and they're all jumping off like the truck out of the truck, and it goes to one. One woman goes off. It nearly goes right up into right up in there, and I wanted to fucking strangle somebody. It okay, was yeah. awful. I look. I'm getting fucking PTSD. Just. I mean, it seems like it. Now. It really uh, offended you uh, and, a lot. I mean, just. I mean, I would expect. I wouldn't expect much from a superhero film. Like, right. I don't. <laughs> like they can be as careless as they yep. want. It wouldn't bother me. And this film just has the worst villain ever, too. I mean, oh, yeah. th- he looks like a fucking a scra- He looks like one of the scrap visual effects from Gods of Egypt, <laughs> and he <laughs> is just his entire his entire motivation and that entire. It's there's a huge segment of this movie that is an, a huge ripoff of Lord of the Rings. Is so Wait. unashamed. That whole backstory when they're talking about it's fucking the, the battle oh, for Middle yeah, Earth and yeah, Sauron. Sauron. They all yeah. came together to defeat a greater evil, and mm. they all now keep these artifacts. Yeah. Every, every fucking nation kept an artifact, and they have to keep them together. Nah, the, it's very dull. It's it awful. Was very villain it's awful. Of the week and look, type of stuff, and he looked ugly. You're right. Look, okay. If you enjoyed this movie on just a very base, like bare minimum entertainment value, that's fine. Like, I want what fucking Kool-Aid you're drinking because I really wanted to like this movie too. Because I like a lot of DC properties and I like, and DC has... I couldn't care less. And I think DC has better characters than Marvel. Well, DC, DC have better characters than Marvel. That's not presented at all in these movies. But look, 
If you like it, fine. But if you tell me that this movie is well acted, well directed, well written, you're, you're just plain wrong. You are wrong. I'm sorry. This I'll movie have to agree with awful. you on that. You, you can't... I mean, when a film is clearly terrible like that, you, you, you can't really defend it by saying that, oh, it's good. You just... You just don't understand it because you're too dumb. You're too dumb to understand a DC and also film. When it comes to the films, the comics don't fucking matter. You have to separate the two. Of course you do. Doesn't matter if they're adaptation, really. That's what it is. An adaptation, it's not a transformation. It's yeah, and adapt. And I don't know if you know, but adapt literally means change, people. Mm. But oh, that's funny that you mention that whole sequence to the Amazonians. I was just laughing my balls off. My God, it's so weird. I can't keep but you're right about the outfits. It's so funny because they they did look quite skimpy. <laughs> I just, <laughs> but just, just everything about it's just everything about it's just so weird. Like, um, how can you take it seriously when they're wearing goofy outfits oh, like that? What, you what the can't, fuck, man? This film is awesome, and and I've, even with the even with the with the with the sea people and everything oh, else, it's just oh, Atlantis so, looked like shit. It's just so Atlantis silly. looked so terrible. And that's and that's another reason why I'm like why my anticipation for Aquaman just fucking sunk right into the ground. Because the CG the for C- underwater city is going to look, look like rubbish. It's going to look like rubbish. Even with James Wan helming it, I think it's going to look like rubbish. And look, I'm done with the DCEU now. I'm 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 done with it. I, I can't do it anymore. I I don't think you should bother. I can't. They're they're the abusive boyfriend of film franchises. They really are. You give them so many chances to get better, and then they just keep disappointing you. They really do. That's an interesting analogy for it. The way I see it wouldn't be like that. Like, I wouldn't have any trust in this license whatsoever. I could I could see that they're trying to scam people. I'd see them as some kind of con man that's getting lucky all the time with, mm. like, playing the same de- bloody con. It, right. It's still fooling me. All right, Let, let's move on. The DC on. films are just a, an elaborate con. Okay? They, they really are. <laughs> they're an elaborate con, so don't get fooled. Well, speaking of cons, I have a feeling this was a huge fucking con job and scam. <laughs> And like some sort of money laundering scam because look, Netflix. Net. I wasn't even going to count this movie because it was made for Netflix. But this movie cost fucking ninety million dollars. Ninety million. Ninety million. Jesus. And for this to be the product, it's fucking bright. Look, it still which, counts. It's a film. It doesn't have to. I mean, if it wasn't played in cinemas. Yeah. Look, bright. Look, bright. I know. I get it. Netflix. You want to compete with the big name fucking. You know. Thing. And you want to you want to be part well. of the they're big making, boy. They're making terrible films. You want to be like part of yeah. You're making <laughs> terrible films just like the big budget studios. But this is what you chose to kickstart your blockbuster things. Ninety million dollars of this, three point five million of which went to this awful, just dog shit screenplay from the biggest pretend, the most pretentious douchebag in Hollywood, Who? Max Landis. Oh, that's he, right. I heard about that. He's a piece of shit. Landis, I Landis hate isn't Landis. But didn't you didn't you like American Ultra? I like I like parts of American Ultra. And this is definitely pretentious. And I like Chronicle, but and also he's a huge and apparently he's got sexual assault allegations. So really, yep, that which oh, does I not see, surprise me. I mean, that's but, a bit weird because he seemed like a nice bloke. No, what they what? I'm kidding. No, I mean he seemed like a harmless. But honestly, bloke. this script is awful. It feels honestly, this feels like a first draft. It really does. And it wouldn't surprise. If if it either feels like a first draft or a shitty graphic novel that someone's trying to fund well, on you know, Kickstarter. You know, what I, I mean, what's so what's so funny with Max Landis is that he thought that he thought that the studios ruined his Frankenstein film. Oh, what the heck come is he on! Like, why, why would you want to make a Frankenstein? Like, why would you want to write a script based off like uh, a, a property that's been like adapted into many other pieces of literature? I don't get is it. Is he a madman? He, he oh, he's nuts. He's nuts. He is nuts. But bright. He's, I mean, this is Will Smith at his absolute lowest. 
I mean, he is just. Oh, but what about after Earth? That's oh, pretty well, this low. is close, but this is. This, this is a new low. I thought he was going to be. Actually, I thought this was. Lateral beauty of quite low. Oh, yeah, they're low points, but he just does not give a shit of anything that's going on in this thing and what's going on no in this thing. Like, like what what dirt does Will Smith have on David Ayer for him to be put to put him in all his movies now? He must have pictures. He has pictures, and he's yeah, like, he put must, me, put me in your, put me in these movies. Otherwise, these are going public. Mm. I swear that's what's going to happen. Otherwise, he, I mean, fuck, what a massive fall from grace from David Ayer, though. After Fury, which is a really, really solid film, and then from to Suicide Squad, and now this, I mean, this movie is awful on so many. The the characters. Uh, fucking caricature. You said the only redeeming quality was Joel. Edgerton. Joel Edgerton, who is un look, and the make the makeup is actually kind of okay. <laughs> I mean, Joel Re- Edgerton, like you're seeing the poster right now, he's yeah. you wouldn't tell that's Joel Edgerton yeah, I can't at all. Joel Edgerton. But my god, like uh, this. And uh, speaking about movies that broke me, this film, like I wanted to throw my fucking laptop against the wall after watching this. <laughs> it was just. I mean, this, the fact that this movie thinks that it's so deep and that it's really saying something about People, racial relations and class structures, but you do that in the worst, most shallow way, Max Landis, you piece of shit. He, also, this is a concept that has been done in so many other movies, you, you, you think, made so much better. I think a rich boy like Max Landis would understand the struggles of uh, Negroes yeah. in the ghettos. Ask your dad how to make a movie, okay? And also, Zootopia did this better, Max Landis, you idiot. You should have just ripped off Zootopia. I mean, it's awful. And replace and all the animals with theories. But and the orcs. fact that they try to tell this film about like racial relations and like racism and like class structures, but you tell that with m- and comparing minorities or depicting minorities as mythical creatures and literally mm. things that are not human, you are a fucking terrible human being. I mean, it it has worked with stories before doing that. Except it's what makes, I know, it, but the, what, the, what makes it weird. This is the thing: they have, they actually have humans in this, so it's really yes, weird. it so is. What, weird. What's the point of even and doing that? A lot of people have pra- unless it's something like unless something like District Nine, where the oh, and this, this movie also rips off. District, this is also a really shitty version of District Nine too. This film, oh, like really? District Nine, Alien Nation, Zootopia, it wants to be all of those movies, and it's none of them. It's just it's the worst possible version of all of those films put together. I don't think these people understand these these. I don't think the I mean the makers of these films understand that they're gonna they they they're making people insane. Sean's gonna have he's gonna go yeah, postal oh, I'm gonna, soon. I'm gonna go <laughs> he's gonna go postal. Yeah, quickly go through these movies because we are I, I gotta head off soon. But this fucking I love the the fact that this movie is called Bright is so fucking ironic. Not only because the most fucking dim witted people worked on this film. It's and very dull. Not only it looks exactly like fucking Suicide Squad. It does. It it it, it looks, looks ugly. Exactly. It's ugly. It's grainy. It's, it's shit. Overly dark. It's dark. It's just and yeah, it makes the title of the film hilariously ironic, and like it was perfectly summed up. Like again, another reference. We hate movies again. One of the guys said, "Like bright, they should have called it dim." <laughs> Instead of watching brighter Suicide Squad, just watch Suicide Club. Oh my goodness! And this movie also has the worst. Like speaking of bad villains with um Justice League, new this. It's like these el these magic elves that 
a straight. They look like someone uh, again. Like they look like something off. They're of supposed a... to look like some kind of race or something, like a like a gang. Oh, no, like no, tri- like they look like triads or something. Weird yeah, like, that. like someone. I, I heard a comedian like uh, on, on another podcast, the Flophouse. He described them as this, this trio of like dark elves or whatever. It's like if an Evanescence album cover came to life. Oh God. <laughs> And yeah, and Numi Rapace. You get a really, really great actress like Numi Rapace and completely do nothing with her. She has nothing to do in this movie and her character is awful. This is great oh. filmmakers making great use of their resources. This is terrible. The chemistry between uh, Will Smith and Joel Edgerton is completely non-existent as well. I mean, Will Smith couldn't even nail chemistry between his own fucking son. What oh, a moron. Oh. And this film... Despite the despite this film being having so much exposition and the characters constantly explaining to other characters what this film is about, the film is still really, really dumb and really, really ill-defined. Like so, apparently this is the first orc. The, this is the first orc to ever be on the LA police force. Yet there are orcs playing as fucking linebackers in the NFL. What? Okay. What? <laughs> and you also have this world where orcs, humans. Fairies, centaurs, elves, and even fucking dragons coexist. Yet the Alamo still happened, and Shrek was still released in this. <laughs> there is a sh- Will Smith calls an orc a Shrek-looking motherfucker in this movie. I'm like, how the fuck did Shrek come out? Shrek would be a fucking documentary well, in this world. That's that's because. That's because Max Landis is an idiot. He didn't Max think about Landis the world took the easiest. He just, he just thought, oh, people, oh, memes, p- people making memes out of Shrek. I'm gonna make a joke about Shrek. Oh my god! <laughs> and this film also has the balls to introduce a prophecy late in the third act that just once that ha- once that's oh, introduced, cheap, cheap exposition. W- once that's introduced, and yeah, more exposition because that's what this film fucking needed. And as soon as that happened, I completely checked out because I'm like, well, that's gonna happen. That's this is gonna happen. That's gonna happen, and then the credits are gonna roll. That's exactly what I what I just what I thought was gonna happen. Beat for beat, exactly what fucking happened. Sean confirmed this, a psychic. I am, I am fucking fuming right now. I hate it. Please, Hollywood, Max Landis is a piece of shit. Please, do not give this guy and his stupid haircut money ever again. Please, Hollywood, just but I know they just the a sequel for this shit, so we'll never fucking learn. <laughs> All right, we better get to the last one. Last one, and I'm, I'm going to make this sh- quick. Oh, yes. I swore not to watch this fucking movie. Did, but didn't you watch the first one? I watched the first Why one, you watch the and first it's one... one? I'll ex- let me explain. All right, I'll so explain. So, my reason... I was never going to watch this movie, but there I was, lying in bed, unable to sleep, at 2 a.m. on Christmas night... What, you're like, with my oh, I have <laughs> With my... <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh, my God. You really, really... I mean, you. I mean, if someone is really jerking off to this, like they have never. No, heard, no, no. I is can't it, see a male jerking off to this. It'd oh probably be no. like someone's mother, like like a mother who wrote, read. The yes, books because I'm a fifty. Like, oh. Yes, because I'm a fifty-year-old woman, aren't I? When I was, <laughs> but fuck, Fifty Shades Darker did the impossible. It managed to be worse than Fifty Shades of Grey. You want to know why? Why? Because literally nothing happens. Oh. They. They, he creepily stalks her for like the first 20 minutes of the movie. They get back together. They start dating again. They fuck like seven times. They get engaged. Yeah, and then like, the credits roll. But, but isn't it really That's f- the movie. Oh, okay. Isn't it really funny when they show the fucking though? No. Why not? Oh, it's heard- so long. It's so drawn out. And Yeah, but doesn't it like look hilarious? Because they're trying to be very <laughs> steamy. But it's like... It's so... Like... It's they about- can't decide if they want to go... Like, really explicit or not? The sex scenes in this movie have about as much erotic tension as a fucking pap smear. 
Like, it's <laughs> so uncomfortable to sit through. It's... Oh, Didn't they CGI pubes? Did they CGI pubes? Oh, and they couldn't. They... I wasn't paying that much attention. I was... Oh. Like, somehow... I might be an insomniac because this movie didn't get me to sleep. Like, I watched this 2 a.m. when I was really tired but could not get to sleep. This fucking movie couldn't even still get me to sleep. I was fucking bored the entire time. But literally, but just yeah. captivated li- by li- how <laughs> terrible it was. Oh, uh, it's unbelievably bad. And this is the guy that... this is, And they had a competent director making it this time. Fucking who, James Foley, who did Glenn Gary Glenn Ross making this movie. He did this for a fucking paycheck. He did oh, not yeah. give a oh, shit yeah. what was going on. I think what it's like, yeah, put my name on it. Uh, the first AD can just do the whole you, fucking thing. You know what? You, you know what? I thought came to my mind. Uh, apparently, those uh, Magic Mike films are f- fine. Oh, mainly they actually look fun. They they're look fun, good. yeah. And that's mainly because well, they're made got by Soderbergh. The, the, exactly, they're made by Soderbergh, who's a very good director. Imagine if Soderbergh made these. Do you think they oh would work? Oh my god, they could work. Maybe Soderbergh made them. Maybe. Maybe, but you'd have to get a compl- you'd have to well, get you'd the, have to make a completely different get, script. Get the get the get and, whoever, it and he wouldn't call it Fifty Shades of Grey. Get whoever call it else. get whoever did the James Spader Mag- Maggie Gyllenhaal film uh, Secretary. Yeah, that or, film. That film. Yeah, actually, that, that film is what Fifty Shades that, wants to be. Yeah, or, or it could be or just like sh- a shitty out of t- or, or a shitty thing based off of Twilight fan fiction, which is what it really is. <laughs> and this film, like. The acting is atrocious. The script was apparently written by E.L. James's husband because the writer got fired and he wrote it. And dude, you have no fucking business writing screenplays at all. You, This is nonsense. And the film has a hilarious moment of like a manufactured tension of this. Uh, and there, this movie is so full of subplots that are diffused almost immediately and add nothing to the story. Like there's, a, there's literally a scene where... Where it's completely out of nowhere. Christian Grey is in a helicopter crash. Cut to the next scene. Um, fucking Dead Eyes is watching it on the TV. And she's like, oh my god, is he alright? And it's like, apparently... <laughs> is he, oh, oh my god, is he alright? He'll be fine. And then apparently he's like, oh, apparently he's alive. And, and he's just... He, he's... he's no, and then, He's like, just got a cool... News. He's got a cool, cool Bre- scar on his chest. Bre- breaking news. He's regained consciousness and he's going to be okay. Literally three seconds later, walks in through the fucking front door. It makes <laughs> no sense. That's 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 like world class editing because they managed oh, to, they managed to chop up so much time. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's like it's like watching uh what was this that movie film? still is still it's two like hours long. It's like New York. Like the, like it was just cut and then so much time has passed. It's the film is still two hours <laughs> long and two hours too long. And this film it just sums up everything that I fucking hate about Hollywood. It really does. Oh so yeah, they we, adapt, we they so adapt. We've, so, so what's this? We got um, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, a uh, really, really um, popular, it's really popular property, and we can make, we can actually make movies out really of this. Really proper, popular trash property. This is what yeah. they do with Japanese animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah listen, yeah, we, we can make money. Out, yeah, we can make films out of this. Well, it, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, of course, yeah. Look, we know it's shit, but mm. it's profitable shit, mm. and we can make an absolute fortune off of it. We can make it killing because we could easily like yeah. manipulate and trick the idiots who read this shit to go watch it and maybe other mm. idiots uh, no offence but those people who know that's going to be terrible are just going to watch it anyway. Yeah. And Oh, James Foley At least oh. at least you didn't watch it in cinemas. No. Oh you, god you, no. Oh god you were just no. Trying to, you were just trying to go to sleep. Oh god no. And you were just like oh this is going to make me this is going to make me bored enough to go to sleep. And then, uh, I think this film is now I think I'm an insomniac because of this film now so thanks a lot Fifty Shades Darker. 
But as I was saying... Fifty Shades Darker made erotic novels on erotic for poor Sean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But just, it uh, sums up everything I hate about Hollywood because, yeah, we have this property. You know, we all know it's shit, but we can make a lot of money off of it. Well, what's that, James Foley? You want to... Oh, no, no, don't, 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 don't bother putting any thought, care, creativity or passion Just make the film real quickly. into this film. Do it as just... You know, people are gonna fucking see this shit anyway because they're morons, and we have no expect, and we have no respect for our audience whatsoever. Imagine if they recorded a person reading Fifty Shades of Grey, and that was a Fifty Shades of Grey film. Oh, that would be hilarious. They'll claim that, some kind of experimental movement. You get Liam Neeson to narrate <laughs> it, or Morgan Freeman. Get get like some. And then it has like Morgan Freeman like reacting. It's like, oh, all done in one take. No, and he would read something like, ah, but ma, wait, he but. He's Better. What the fuck? I've got it, by the way. Better person to read it? Werner Herzog. Oh, yes. Werner. And he's, after each passage, he's like, This is what humanity has come to. <laughs> I despise oh, that's, humanity. That's, that's perfect. This is a new law that's for human because, history. Because cause, cause Werner Herzog... I can't like, do a good Werner Herzog, like, but... Werner Herzog would read the things straight and then he would just say something. <laughs> yeah. It would be terrifying. It would be terrifying. He'd just be like... Uh, it, it would like it would be generally be criticizing. He would know that it's like just nonsense. He just it would be like this. This story would be so much better. Oh, my my, my Werner Herzog sounds like my Christopher Lambert. So I don't. <laughs> it's like this, this, this story. It is. It's quite uh, unique in its depiction this, of BDMS. Except I don't think it gets it correct. What and would you have this, like this philosophy? What would make this story more interesting is if. There was a man who lived with grizzly bears. <laughs> you know Fuck, I used to do a good Werner Herzog and I can't do it anymore. Oh. As I said, it sounds like Christopher Lambert in fucking Mortal Kombat as Raiden. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think what would make this, this story better if we, if we put monkeys in it. We would just, we just have the Mr. Grey. He's on the, to- he's on the peak of his uh, building and there are monkeys everywhere. And we're just going to pan the camera around him. Uh. <laughs> I would watch that. I want the Fifty Shades trilogy audio books. I, I want the Fifty Shades audio books read by Werner Herzog. I want the Fifty Do Shades. It. Get a Kickstarter for that going books. right now, please. I, I actually, I want Werner Herzog to direct those three films. I want him to just make. I want him to go super nuts. He, it would be like Andy Warhol, and he get. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes something super nuts like he would just make all three put all three films into one film but he would do something like like in Chelsea Girls where he's just like oh just to save time we'll just have we'll, we'll split the screen into, th- into thirds so that's like it's like all like all three films are playing consecutively in oh, different parts of the screen no. <laughs> and, then, and then Herzog would be like oh you know what in Chelsea Girls they switch the audio why don't we have all the audio playing at the same time from every oh, film that's awful <laughs> that's, everyone's like talking that sounds over awful. each other yeah, don't amazing. see this movie. Please do not see any of the films on their list. These are trash. These are mm. absolute trash. And Fifty Shades Darker, you did the impossible. You are somehow worse than one of the worst films of all time. And that's why you're the worst film of this year, by far. Honestly, just instead of watching this film, just watch uh, In the Realm of the Senses. <laughs> I will. I, I, need, I need a palate cleanser from all these shit movies. And this has been very... This is always very therapeutic, just getting this off my chest. I love doing these. I I enjoy doing them too. I mean, right. I mean, this one especially is quite it's quite hilarious to see Sean get so and rolled also, up. 
there was a lot of films that I just completely skipped this like, year. Like I did not see The Snowman. I did not see Geostorm. I did not watch the Emoji I mean, because movie. Because I've been lacking a bit. I've only only saw one out of the ten, so I was only able to really talk about one. I mean, last year we were able well, to just... Don't, don't worry. Don't, Eric, 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 don't worry. You're not missing anything. I'm not missing out on anything. You're not missing anything. I saved myself. You really <laughs> did. All right, we're going to wrap this up because I got to head off. Thanks very much for Eric Tisha for coming on the oh, show. No problem, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. Um, uh, doesn't want to plug his letterboxed account, which is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. And My profile I'm not sure picture if, is a. I don't know if it's serious or not. <laughs> I, I the only films I have ratings to are Uvo Ball films, and I gave him five stars. Yeah, I had nothing but trouble. I like that. I had nothing but trouble. But, to start off my plugs, I am now on Letterbox too. So if you go to letterbox.com slash Sean Coates, no spaces, you can find me and the, give me a follow. The and only I'll way you'd be able to find me on Letterbox is by looking through uh, the people. My followers. That, yeah, yeah, look, look through my followers. followers. I have three followers at the moment. One of them is Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also please subscribe to the podcast on this, uh, I, iTunes and also follow us on uh, SoundCloud. And if you like this episode... Please like it and uh, give us a five-star review and rating. That would be greatly appreciated. I haven't checked the iTunes ratings for a while. I don't know if we've got one. I'm nearly a year into this podcast and still haven't got an iTunes rating. I'm still waiting for that hate comment because once I get a hate comment, that's when I know I've made it. <laughs> yes. Definitely. And yeah, so you like our Facebook page and other you know, bloody movies. If your hate comment was from Max Leibniz, <laughs> oh, oh my like, god! You I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> Like Alright, well, well, Max Landis, if you are listening and you want to attack me on Twitter, because that seems to be where you uh, do most of your uh, stuff, like, the, the pla- that's where you claim that Bright was your, was your Star Wars. Wow, what? miscalculation of the century, mate. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, on, we're on Twitter at an AB Movie Podcast. Uh, I am also on Twitter and Instagram at SeanHub underscore. I have an awesome new profile picture, which is the top half of a Porg, and the bottom half is uh, Henry Cavill's Superman screaming, and it looks fucking <laughs> hilarious. So get around that. Uh, you can also follow my. Per- uh, you can also follow uh, another bloody movie podcast on Instagram at another bloody movie pod, and that's pretty much it. Oh, and Stardust as well. Stardust is a really cool app for film and TV reactions. You can follow me there at at short. Which is my fuck. You forgot your editing point. Details. Well, it's not an at thing. So I am at Sean Coates with a capital S and capital C on Stardust. Stardust is a really awesome format. And uh, follow me there and I'll follow you back. It's really cool. And thanks very much for Eric for coming on the show again. And no thank problem. you. Pleasure as always. Thank you for everyone listening in. Please don't watch these movies ever. And we'll see you later. Just use these films to torture people. God. <laughs> Actually, no, don't. Please don't do that. Too painful. That, they, they deserve better. <laughs> see you later.